Hello, my name is Chris Mikowski, and welcome to Sharing with the Community, a podcast from the town of Kiwa Island. Hi, Jim. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've been here with the town for 22 years, and there's a lot of things that can be, you know, changed in, in 22 years. So in your past 22 years, what do you think has changed most in, in the wildlife perspective? Sure, that's that's a great question. So, you know, obviously, Kiowa has seen a lot of changes in the last, you know, 20 plus years. Um, you know, a lot of my, my focus, my research has been on bobcats. Um, since I started way back in the late 90s. Um, and so recently we've seen a lot of changes with bobcats here on the island. Um, I'm sure most, most folks are aware that, you know, numbers started declining around 2017. Um, and, you know, it took us some time to figure out what was going on. But, you know, that's probably been, you know, the biggest change is bobcats declining. Um, and, of course, that caused our deer numbers to increase too, um, you know, which kind of led to, a, you know, to an ecosystem a little bit out of balance. Okay, so you talk about that decline between 2017 and 2020. What led to that like decline? Yeah, great question. So for a while, we didn't know. We were just, you know, we were finding more dead bobcats. We were having a harder time catching bobcats um, during our GPS research. Um, and we happened to get one tested in late 2019. Um, and what they determined at the lab was that the animal died of of basically an overdose of anticoagulant rodenticides, um, spe- specifically second generation anticoagulants. Um, and basically if these build up to a certain level, um, it causes an animal, any animal, and the bobcat in this case, um, effectively bled to death because it couldn't clot its blood. So is that what um, that phrase SGA, is that what that is? Exactly, yep. So, you know, when you hear us talk about SGAs, don't use SGAs. SGAs are second-generation anticoagulant rodenticides. Okay, and off the top of your head, what are some of those SGAs that the community should avoid when, when using? Sure, so there, there's four SGAs. Um, the first is brodifacum, um, bromodialone, diphenicum, and diphethylone. Um, a, lot of, a lot of big words that are a little <laughs> bit confusing. Um, you know, so a great, a great resource is to visit the town's website at SaveKiowaBobcats.com, um, and if you scroll down below our, our pledges, uh, you'll find great information there on, you know, specifically these four compounds you should never use, and then a couple that that are that are more more acceptable. And if you need to use rodenticide, you should use those. Okay, so you talk about the um, bobcat population that declined in 2017, 2020. Now that has to mean it ended in 2020, so there's an increase. Can we talk a little bit on the increase and? In- what was behind the, the increase of the population? Sure. Um, so as, as I said, you know, beginning in 2017, we started seeing declining numbers. Um, it took us until late 2019, 2020 to figure out what was, what was the cause of that. Um, and so at that point, obviously, you know, we came up with, with a voluntary program to reduce the use of these second generation anticoagulants. Um, we call our Bobcat Guardian Program. Um, and so since that program was launched, um, you know, we've had a lot of folks sign up, not just residents, but businesses, entities, um, pest control companies. Um, and that combined effort to, to minimize or, or completely stop the use of these compounds has allowed the bobcat population to start to recover. Um, so we, we monitor a number of things. You know, we look at the level of anticoagulants in raccoons and possums and birds of prey out here 
Um, if we look at that data, we are seeing a declining trend in the, you know, the exposure rates and the exposure levels in these animals. Um, we're also seeing, you know, positive trends directly with our bobcats as well. Um, survival rates have increased substantially amongst our collared animals. Um, so our survival rates when things were the worst, probably in 2018, 2019, were as low as 20%. So you know, of the, uh, if we had a GPS collar on a bobcat, it had about a 20% chance of surviving for one year. Um, this year, so far, our survival rate is 100%. Wow. Um, and last year, we were uh, we were around 80%. So, so a big jump in survival. Um, and then also an increase in recruitment. So recruitment is basically just, just reproduction. So when kittens are born... Um, you know, as they're added to the population, they're, you know, that's called recruitment. And so we've seen, you know, during, when things were the worst, we, we were not finding as many bobcat dens. We had one year we didn't find any, which is incredibly unusual. Um, you know, we, all, we also actually, in 2020, had a case where, you know, which this is what really kind of got the public behind it. And, and you know, this, this push to get rid of SGAs. Um, was we had an adult female who died while giving birth to her kittens along with all of her kittens. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously right there you had a huge loss, right? Not only did you lose the kittens, but you lost, you know, potential future kittens as well. And so, you know, the last year or two, uh, recruitment, kitten, kitten production it seems to be up, um, all positive signs. Um, the other thing is that, you know, we trap every, every winter um, to put GPS collars on bobcats. And so we can look at our trapping success, you know, how easy is it for us to catch a bobcat? Um, and, and also the types, um, ages and, you know, st age structure of the bobcats that we're catching. And in all of that, we're seeing, again, positive trends. We're catching more bobcats um, and younger bobcats in a lot of cases, which, which also tells us that recruitment is, is up. Cool. And, you know, you talk about the bobcats and um, tag. How many do we have tagged? And can you tell us a little bit about the bobcats that we have tagged? Uh, sure. So so historically, Kiowa has been home to around 30 to 35 bobcats. Um, that population remained fairly stable until, you know, the decline in 2017. Um, at that point, numbers likely dropped as low as 10 or even less. Um you know, with the, you know, increased kitten production and survival, we estimate we probably, you know, we're over 20 bobcats now, maybe to 20, 20 to 25. Um, and we're hoping that that will obviously continue to, to increase and get back to, you know, levels prior. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about the GPS research, but that, that program began in 2007. Um, it's, it's been ongoing every year since. Uh, the longest continuous GPS study on bobcats anywhere in the world. Um, and so each winter we try to catch typically six bobcats. We put a GPS collar on them. Um, that collar collects a location typically once every four hours. Um, and then it transmits that data via the satellite network to us so that we can basically track these animals in real time. Um, collars typically last around a year, um, sometimes a year and a half. And so obviously, you know, that allows us to determine a lot of different things from, you know, habitat use, where do these animals go during the day, you know, where do they feed at night, um, 
you know, that's how we find kittens. If we have a female with a collar without a GPS collar, we would never know where a bobcat den was. Um, and then obviously just survival, right? That's where we get our survival data from because we, we have these animals collared. Um, and just to, to backtrack kind of on, you know, how we figured out about this issue with SGAs um, was because we had collared animals that died mm-hmm. and we were then able to go find them and get them tested. Um, if they hadn't had collars, then obviously we would have never located them um, in the woods. So, um you know, it's been, been a really successful program, and, um, you know, we plan to continue it for the foreseeable future, for sure. That's fantastic. And, you know, one question that came to my mind is, um, why are the podcasts so important to the Kiowa ecosystem? That's a, it's a great question. So, you know, bobcats are, are at the top of the food chain. Um, so as a, as a predator at the top of the food chain, you know, their role is to control um, species of animals, prey species, um, lower down the food chain. So um, bobcats on Kiwa in particular, um, not only do they help control rat and mouse populations, um, but historically they've played a, a huge role in controlling deer numbers. Um, and they do that by eating deer fawns, um, typically the first two to three weeks of life. Um, we know from research that we did back in the early 2000s, um, that at that point, bobcats uh, were effectively taking about 60% of the deer fawns that were born on Kiowa every year. Um, so because of that, you know, that, that pressure on the deer population, they basically, you know, slowed recruitment, um, slowed recruitment and kept the population, deer population stable um, over a long period of time. And so obviously, you know, we, we, we know that bobcats have that, you know, have the ability to do that. And so, you know, when their numbers started declining, you know, that was actually one of the first things we noticed uh, was the deer numbers started going through the roof. Hmm. And so our deer population doubled um, in the span of a couple of years. Um, and so we've had to, we've had to do some, some management um, with our deer population that we've never had to do historically in the last two years. Um, but we're hopeful that you know, we can get deer numbers back to, to an acceptable level, um, a historic level, and that bobcats can once again, you know, exert their natural control over, over the island's deer population. Of course. And, you know, we know that the, um, the population's increasing, which is fantastic news, but that doesn't mean the community should relax. How can the community help? Yeah, great question. You know, I talked you know, previously about how, how effective the Guardian program was. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically that program just asked people to pledge never to use an SGA. Um, you know, and I, as I've said, that, that program was hugely successful. It's the reason that, you know, our Bobcat numbers are going up. Um, but we don't want people to forget about it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of folks and businesses and entities took this pledge two years ago. Um, they made a change, but we want that change to continue, you know, forever. It, it has to, because if you, you know, if you start using these products again, then we're going to have the same issues again. So, I mean, the biggest message is, you know, yes, things are looking better now, but, but we still have to be vigilant and continue to do what we've been doing, um, or that's not going to be the case. I know that the um, Bobcat Guardian program, you know, it took about two years for 
um, you know, the folks to sign up. And we want to um, encourage the community to look out because the town's going to be releasing a repledge to the community. Um, and we look forward to releasing that. Um, but in, in terms of the um, Bobcats, is there anything else you would like to add, um, you know, for the population and, and just them living here on Kiwa? Um, so, so, you know, obviously to protect Bobcats, you know, not using SGAs is, is very important. You know, that's, that's critical. Um, but there's some other things that, that folks can do. You know, the first is, you know, be vigilant when you're driving around the island, um, especially early and late in the day. Um, you know, the primary source of mortality um, in our bobcats, other than SGAs, is getting hit by a car. So vigilance is important. You know, slow down. Um, and then the second thing is that, you know, bobcats are also negatively impacted by loss of habitat. And so, you know, there's steps that homeowners can take in their own yard. Um, you know, planting a few more native plants, um, increasing the size of the buffer between your house and the next the next house, you know, increasing the size of the buffer, you know, of a vegetated buffer between the marsh or, you know, dunes, all of that is great bobcat habitat. You know, it's habitat for their prey, but it's also, you know, places where they can hide out during the day. So, you know, that's another reason, you know, the town has a grow native program, which, you know, we've been pushing for a few years now. And, and that, you know, the philosophy behind that is the more native plants and the more dense understory we have on the island, you know, not only does it look does it look nice, but it, it's great habitat for lots of animals and particularly bobcats. Great. Well, Jim, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. And um, it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you about some wildlife. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Chris. Yep.